Hello, welcome back to Cow Punchers, where the women are cold, the beer is warm, and the bullets fly thick. I'm a host, Stuart Kaufman. And I'm your other host, Amy McLeod. And today we watched a sterling western uh, called Slow West, uh, a Netflix uh, film starring Michael Fassbender and a dumb kid. You got that right. Basically, uh, this whole plot could have been avoided if not for this dumb kid. Yeah, he's, uh, he's, it's, but man, I, I often talk about, like, postcard moments in, in Westerns, and that's one of the things that, like, you know, draws you to it, but let me just tell you, this wasn't just a single postcard moment, this is the whole box of postcards. Yeah, before we get into what we like and don't like about the movie, do you want to do a quick recap? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Give us, give us the rundown. Here's the elevator pitch for this film. <laughs> uh, basically, we're following the travels of Jay, uh, who's a young lad from Scotland who is looking for his lady love, Rose. Uh, he's traveling with a uh, reformed, maybe, possibly not, bounty hunter named Silas, which is Michael Fassbender. Um, trying to find Rose. Basically, they are escaping Scotland because due to an accident, Rose's dad accidentally killed Jay's uncle. Um, so, Lord Cavendish. Lord Cavendish. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, basically, Jay is incredibly romantic, uh, too optimistic about the world. And that gets him into all sorts of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, go, go, finish it. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely the kind of character who believes that if he feels strongly enough about something and is pure of heart, then everything's going to work out in the end. So he's doing this grand, big romantic gesture. uh, Basically, it's for a woman that does not reciprocate those feelings no it, she doesn't in fact and uh which there's a lesson to be had there as well um but we'll get to that later yeah no, yes indeed um but yeah i mean the story very simple i mean obviously i kind of uh gave got through that in like a minute <laughs> mm-hmm. um but overall man they did a lot with a simple premise oh yeah uh, it, this film is, it's beautiful. It is staggeringly beautiful. Um, it's you. You can you can smell the leather. You can smell um, uh, Silas, which is uh, Fassbender's character. You can smell his cigar. Uh, later on, there's a villain named um, Pain. Pain. You can smell his cigar and his overwhelming body odor. It's, it's, you could just like, you could feel the dirt underneath your fingernails. You know, it's, it's that kind of Western. On it. Yes. I like, yeah, the, the scenery is, is beautiful and it's used in such a way as to really portray that they are traveling a great distance. Um, so it's not just the same, you know, mountains in the distance, flat plains. We actually got a lot of variation. There were some smaller mountains, kind of white rocks. There's red rocks. There's um, gray rocks. Gray rocks. But there's a couple scenes, like they're colorful. A lot of times some Westerns seem a lot more harsh and dusty and like you can feel the sun beating down on you. And you can still feel that in this movie, but you, there's also bright blue rivers, flowers, beautiful like snapdragons or hyacinths, bright purple and white flowers against like a white dead tree. There were just so many scenes that, yeah, you could take a screen cap of that and hang it on your wall, and you'd be like, yep, that yep. looks good. Exactly. It's, 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 oh my, what is there to not say about this? It's just, frankly, wonderful. Um, yeah. It's, like I said, it's not just a postcard moment, it's the whole box of postcards. Oh, yeah. This, this movie, I mean, you know, every frame. Has has some beauty in it. It's it is a feast for the eyes in that respect. Oh yeah, and I'm trying to figure out right now, and I, I should have done this before we started recording, is uh, where this was filmed, because part of me thinks like this could very well have been filmed in Colorado, uh, but also yeah, uh, there was like a New Zealand production company 
So, right, so we were wondering maybe it's New Zealand. So I was like, well, that one forest, I'm pretty sure that's the Mirkwood. And then <laughs> we're like, well, maybe Lord of the Rings is a Western. So, you know. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Uh, sh- let's see. Uh, c- uh, principal photography was in New Zealand, but they also shot in Scotland and Colorado. So yeah, oh, okay. this was predominantly made in New Zealand, which just goes to show you: if you have a beautiful vista, you can make a western. You don't have to be in Colorado. Right. It helps, mm-hmm. but if you're not, I mean, just fine. If you got any flat plains that you can see mountains in the distance, or some ravines, rolling hills. Yeah beautiful forests it was uh, it was excellent and the the character designs i know it's a oh, weird yeah. thing to say but those were amazing oh uh, yeah pain that you brought up earlier oh my gosh i don't know who that actor is he looked very familiar yeah um but man he wore this giant puffy fur coat it looked like he was wearing a bear yeah <laughs> and it looked amazing i was super jealous and i like, want that bear coat and much like with like lee marvin in the man who shot Liberty Valance, he kind of had brought a similar mean, e- energy to the role. You mean the dude who shot Liberty Valance? Yeah, yeah. The guy. Yeah, the guy well, Lee Marvin, him. who was Liberty Valance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing. Yeah. Oh my God, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't need any more confusion. But he just kind of that that similar like 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 animal energy, just kind of like uh, like mouth slightly agape, just kind of like. Twisting his head this way and that, trying to size at people like he's not really thinking like that. Like oh, this is you know like a lot of movies you where that involve shooting. You have like the good guy who's like oh I gotta shoot a guy. This is this is dangerous. But and then you know our bad guy here, Payne. He's just like how best can I kill you? Do I need to kill you? Mm. Like the fact that you're a living, living, breathing person does not enter his internal arithmetic. And that's all oh, yeah. presented in the way he carries himself. Just kind of like slightly slack jawed arms, just, you know, just kind of like hanging loose. And, uh, just the, like the look in his eye, like he's sizing up praise if he was a wild animal. Oh yeah. I was going to just to expand on him a little more. We are introduced to pain um, in a scene, so we find out that uh, Silas, Michael Fassbender, used to work in Payne's gang of, I'm assuming bounty hunters, but they probably just get up to whatever they feel like, because mm-hmm. uh, it also looked like they kidnapped two small Swedish children. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which we can get into a little later. Yeah, um, all the Swedish family, yeah. Yeah. We're introduced to Payne. He comes upon their camp, Silas and Jay's camp, because, uh, yeah, we mentioned Rose and her father are wanted for murder, and it's $2,000 bounty, so it's a huge bounty. Mm-hmm. So that's the other problem with this is basically everyone's following Jay because they figure he'll lead all these all these bounty hunters are going to follow him to Rose. Like, why, why look for Rose on my own when I just follow Jay? Yeah. So Payne and his bounty hunters meet up with Silas and Jay, and... Um, Payne shows up to the camp and he's like, he kind of shows up. It's like he knows how to portray himself in any situation. He's very calculated, like you were saying. Like he comes in very much like, I'm just a guy who lives in the woods and I got some nice absinthe. Why don't I have some coffee? You guys have some absinthe and we just, you know. Have some cigars. Have a good time. Yeah, so like he comes across at first like, oh, that guy's a little weird, but he seems harmless, mm-hmm. and he starts kind of pumping them for information in a casual way, but kind of in a way that, at least for Silas, he's like, this guy is, knows exactly who we are and what we're doing, and I'm afraid this dumb kid, Jay, is going to yeah. blow up our spot. Um and he, the way he was joking with Jay, especially, it was like he's being friendly and joking with him, but in a way that comes across incredibly threatening. Yeah. Like, like if you met that guy and he was being like, everything he's doing is very nice. He's not doing anything threatening. No. But the way he carries himself, you're like, this guy is going to murder me. Oh, yeah. He's, he's trying to figure out the best way to murder me right now yeah the that's the the gears are turning and they're all thinking about murder (laughs) (laughs) exactly so i just love that about his character like every facial expression every body movement 
uh, you're like, this is a bad, bad man. <laughs> yeah, this is a bad was, man. Yeah, and, and like you find that uh, Silas and Payne have a history, and normally in some movies that might be like, oh, well, maybe this is just a weird guy, new ally, and you're like, uh-uh, nope. <laughs> nope. I bad. don't care they have a history. He's this is, bad. He's bad news. Uh, which, mm-hmm. speaking of character design, Jay is also a sterling example of character design because he's clearly wet behind the ears, new to the West. Like he's got like a like a Baydecker guide, which is like the Victorian version of like a, like a, like a like a tourist guide of the American West. Yes. Which oh it, my god. And um, he's he's clearly naive, but he's also not a caricature of himself. You know. Yeah, he has his own goals. They could have easily leaned into it too far and made him too much of like a dandy, like, oh my, I can't get my boots muddy. Yeah. Like, he's more determined, <laughs> and it's set up like he just doesn't know any better. Like, he's like, I'm willing to live the rough life and all this. You know what? Yeah. It's like anytime you start like a new hobby, that's that's Jay for you. It's just like you're just you're just yeah. you're just gung ho. You get the guidebook, you get all the fancy tools, and then you do it and be like, oh, well, I could have done this with a colander in my house. I didn't need to buy the fancy thing. What, what's wrong with me? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like he thinks that, uh, and for him, it's almost a the whole thing is an expression of of romance for Rose. Oh yeah. I think he thinks that if he makes this thousands of mile long journey alone to go see Rose, then she'll love him and they'll live happily ever after. Which there, he has, he's been given no reason to think that that would work. Oh, absolutely not. No. In fact, there's a flashback scene uh, later in the film where he's like, he, he does the, a good thing in that he, he he puts it all out there like here's how I feel how do you feel about me and she says like well you're like the little brother I never had which yep. that's a bummer that's it sucks it sucks to hear but it happens like mm-hmm. you know happens to the best and, of us yeah right anyone who's had a crush a lot of the times that crush does not have a crush on you and that just sucks so but, feel bad for Jay but and typically in our society. That goes one of two ways, or one of a couple ways. It seems like the most common ones are like, you, know, you you get bummed, and then you hang out with your friends, and then you move on. Or the negative version is like, you become weirdly obsessive, and then it turns ugly. And this is, I yeah, think, a, double down. This is a rare example of where he kind of clung to it, and then did the right thing. Although, spoilers, he actually didn't help. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I was going to say, I don't know that what he did was the right thing. Yeah, I mean, come to think of it, no. Because here's the thing. So, turns out, Jay is, you know, a little noble brat. <laughs> his uncle's Lord Cavendish, his mother's Lady Cavendish, mm-hmm. who I guess is the sister of Lord. But anyway, he's been hanging out with Rose, who's a, a peasant, I guess. Um, yeah. And, Daddy, you know, he falls in love with her, as young teenagers do. Dad runs like a, I guess Rose's dad runs what appears to be like a, just like a little alehouse. Yeah. And they hang out all the time. They're like, it's like super cute in the flashbacks. They're like, oh, look, they're, they're like little best friends. It looks great. They're playing games with each other. And, um, you know, when she obviously doesn't reciprocate his romantic feelings... But they show the scene in which that got Rose and her father in trouble, which is um, the Lord came looking for Jay and was like, I'm here for my nephew. And And, uh, he basically yells at him, like, you shouldn't be hanging out with these peasants. And he's Jay's all like, no, like, I'm I'm with Rose. Like, that was nice. Like, hey, look, she's my friend. Yeah. And I'm not going to apologize for it. Right. Which is nice. But then uh, Lord Cavendish does a real dick move. And slaps or punches. I couldn't mm-hmm. tell. Mm-hmm. Assaults Rose in the face. I think. She, I think. I think he slapped her in the face. He uh, slapped her in the face. And, and then, then Rose's dad. Yeah, he does the right thing. He he punches. <laughs> does he punch him or just shoves him really hard? I think he just shoved uh, him. He yeah. He definitely react like as soon as Rose got slapped, Dad came over and either pushed him or or punched him and knocked mm-hmm. him down. Like 
what the hell, man? Why are you hitting my daughter? But unfortunately, he shoved him in such a way that he fell backwards, which is fine. You know, you you, you would hope that some hoity-toity, uh, like, frilly lord like that falls on his ass, and then it's funny. Unfortunately, he falls on his ass, and then his head, which is that makes connects with a rock and shatters his skull. Yeah, he, they made it very clear that this was an accidental murder. Uh, but I feel like, and, and without knowing any more, we know that there's a bounty on Rose and her dad. Wouldn't the right thing to do would have been to come forward on Rose's behalf before they had to flee? Right. Be he like, could have said, hey, I pushed him. Because yeah. well, I feel like the punishment on him would have been way less. Well, there's also something to be said about, like, perhaps the state of, you know, the the. There's probably a whole conversation here about the class system in Victorian England. No, uh, we, no. could, well, we could bring Beckett in here. She probably knows something. <laughs> <laughs> School us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I get that, like, there probably wouldn't be a fair trial. Because they'd be like, oh, some peasants did it. Yeah. Off with their heads. Right, no, it's it's 1870. I don't think it really goes that way, but yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I guess the question is, do you think they would have believed Jay if he'd have come forward and said... I mean, it was I who killed the uncle. I mean, it's possible, but this is also like this is like the high Victorian era. You have enough money to throw around. Uh, who, who's to say that you know, like, like, well, well, the boy is just has has a has a soft spot for the Rosses. Because I think you mentioned this before. I think I think you're right. I think Rose is is is, if not significantly older, than certainly older. Uh, she was looking at least. Maybe eighteen, seventeen, something like that, uh, to Jay's maybe sixteen. If we're being generous, yeah, I think they said he was sixteen, and like even in the flashbacks when they're they look clearly younger because they're playing like mm-hmm. little kid games. Yeah, even then she looked older um, than him, so that's why I was like, it was probably a little weird for her. Uh, you know, if any if any ladies out there. Have, you know, ever had a, a young boy have a crush on you? It's it's always awkward. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, you're 12. I'm 17. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, this isn't gonna work. <laughs> no, no, no. This is bad like, news. You're a nice kid, but you need to you need to find some young lady your own age. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of the setup there. And I feel like him going to find her only makes things worse. Yeah, I mean, his well, later on in the, in the film they say his spirit is true, like. He's guided by an idea of like trying to like save her and and her father, and then they'll fall in love and you know everything will be hunky dory. Of course, we know that's not where this is going to end. It's the West, and he clearly goes into the West with this romantic idea of it. And oh, totally! With yeah. His guidebook, and he's got like his suitcases packed. Oh yeah. He- Silas like wanders. Going for a picnic. That is a great line, actually. As Silas comes over and to uh, to Jay's horse and starts cutting off like all these like suitcases and stuff off of it, and Jay's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm saving your pony." <laughs> yeah, like, and he's like going through the suitcases, and they're not even packed well. Like they're barely full. Yeah. And he, and he brought like a teapot. Like, mm-hmm. why? Why? You're no. No. You're going on a. I mean. How long do you think it would take to trek across the... I mean, I don't know what state... They didn't really... There wasn't a lot as regards to where they were exactly, but... They said Colorado. They mentioned Colorado Territory. So I imagine that was probably what it was. Is Colorado. But still, I mean, how long of a journey would that be? Weeks? Weeks, probably. Um... I mean, you had the Transcontinental Railroad by then, so it's, it's plausible that he probably took the train out to say like missouri or something and got a horse or in kansas somewhere and like got a horse and be like all right this is where this is where i get off but yeah but um so whatever his input i mean obviously his impetus is is purely romantic in leaving scotland oh yeah find her Mm -hmm. um i think he's just not thinking about he's clearly not thinking for most of the film about the consequences of his actions. Oh no, no, or no, like no! Like what any of this means, or like it, it doesn't even occur to him that anyone would follow him. Yeah, no. It's not until the very end, and and near the very end, like right before they find Rose and her father, Silas shows Jay the the wanted poster. And oh yeah. Like, hey, you're leading them all right to her, and he's like, 
then he's kind of like, oh, no. I'm like, you didn't think of that? Yeah. But it makes sense for his character, because this whole time, it's like he's thinks he's a knight, in a knight errant. In a oh, moment. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if I could just get to my lady love, everything will be fine. And he's, like, like humming, like, yeah, like, romantic tunes, and he's pointing out, like, uh, um, uh, constellations, and, like, all the while, Silas is just like, can, can you not? Can you stop nattering? <laughs> exactly. And, and it is funny. You do wonder how Jay survived up to the point before he met Silas. Right. Does he get off the boat in, like, New York or Philly? Like, there's got to be, like, some Tammany all huckster just ready to, like, like fleece the poor boy. <laughs> exactly. And I, I really enjoyed the dichotomy between the two. You have Silas, who's clearly been around the block. He knows his way around the West. Mm-hmm. And... He's, you know, Jay has paid him some money to help him get to his destination. Um, And you're not, I feel like the implication is that Silas is after the bounty too, at least at first. I'm not sure when he changes his mind. Because at the end, instead of trying to collect the bounty, he does run up to their house to warn them to run away. Yeah. But I don't know when that change happened in his mind. I think it, I think it was starting to turn just by seeing, like, you know, one, that Jay was naive, but two, that, like, he's just going about it as honestly as a naive teenager can be with too much money and time. Oh, yeah. It's... That part was so interesting to me. It's like, he's just is so caught up in this fantasy that he cannot fathom that he would fail. Yeah. That that anything could go wrong. Yeah, or that, yeah, it's just amazing. And it's, it's, I guess the kid who's acting as well does a great job of not overdoing it. Like, mm-hmm. he plays it so earnestly. Like, he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to protect her. And not in a cloying way either. Yeah, no. It's definitely more like, uh, I'm, you know, this is, <clears throat> I, I'm going to do the right thing and then think, things will get better. Things will be, my fantasy will become reality. Yeah, so that's, it was interesting to see and having Silas kind of deal with his naivete uh, was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I mean, really, the, the movie is gorgeous. Every scene, even when we get to right near the end where we figure, find where Rose's, Rose and her dad are living and, hey, I didn't notice this from earlier in the film, but Rose's dad is the hound from Game of Thrones. I would like, not have noticed that because I have not watched that show. But all you Game of Thrones fans out there, uh, he's uh, he's in this movie, and it's uh, quite a departure. That that niche of uh, people who both that Venn diagram of people who love westerns and Game of Thrones. That's that is that our core demographic. <laughs> is Game of Thrones a western? <laughs> I'm gonna go on a limb here and say no. <laughs> oh come on! Some of it's in a desert. <laughs> a desert alone does not make does not make it. A western. Would you? Yeah, call... I don't know. All right, a movie set. All right, is Casablanca a western? <laughs> now, now let's let's talk. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, I mean, through their journey, we do meet a couple other of these bounty hunters, mainly the motley crew traveling with Payne, who hmm. is my favorite villain. Uh, my second favorite villain. I dubbed Reverend Assassin. I called him Reverend Killjoy. <laughs> Father <laughs> so, Killjoy. Father Killjoy. See what I did there. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and you kind of get the hint. This is where the Swedish children come in. They stop at a general store. Oh, yeah. This is and, in the early part of the film. Yeah. And the, the father is leaving, or Reverend Assassin is leaving the general store. And that's where uh, Silas sees the wanted poster for uh, the Ross. Rose. Yeah, the Rose Ross. The Ross. Rose Ross. Rose Ross sounds like a punk band singer. <laughs> Rose Ross and the Killers or something. I don't know. Okay. I'd go see it. Well, the anyway. Killers is a band, but Rose Ross, I don't think, to my knowledge, is in it. That'd be that's a great name. You know, anybody need a stage name? Rose Ross. There you go. Or or Ross Rose. Holy shit. Either way. Anyway, I digress. <coughs> um, but uh, Silas sees the wanted poster. He's kind of he took it. He kind of took it and's looking at it. And the uh, the reverend leaves the store and kind of gives him a look over, like 
it's kind of a knowing glance. So you kind of get the idea. It's like, oh, and he's carrying like a long case that you're yeah. like, yeah, there's a rifle in there. Oh, certainly. There, he's what are you He's, he, yeah, he doesn't have a keytar in there. Right, <laughs> He's yeah, not like, going to show. Is he the singing reverend? I don't think so. <laughs> it's not that kind of film. <laughs> and he kind of saunters off, so that kind of sets off che- Chekhov's reverend assassin. <laughs> che- 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 Chekhov's... Uh, Chekhov's reverend. Chekhov's long box. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, so in that scene, that's where uh, I think Jay gets his first taste of well one of multiple tastes of how real and gritty the west is mm-hmm. in the very beginning they do show him walking through like some burned down um uh indian towns you see some like oh TVs yeah on fire and uh, you see for- some natives walking a forest full of forest full of ash yeah so He's starting to see, like, it's not as a romantic journey as uh, he believed it would be. Like, I think he heard Home on the Range and thought it was going to be, like, a fun time. Yeah, like, just be like, oh, the old Great American West, like, slap your knee and, like, oh, boy, whip that that large head off your head and wipe your brow. And actually, when we first meet Jay, he's still wearing what appears to be, like, you know, like, normal Victorian clothes. Like, he's not, like, as you said, he's not a dandy, but he's just like, this, these are, like, he's wearing, like, regular shoes. Yeah, like, it's like he got off the train, like, he went to town, that's like my go-to-town clothes. Yes. And he was like, I got off the train, well, let me get a horse, and I'll just go west. Mm-hmm. Like, he's wearing, like, he's going to, to visit... Grandma. You know, Mrs., Mrs. Dandridge to have one of her tasty lemon cakes. Oh, what a delight. Yes, what a wonderful afternoon. I wonder if they have lemon cakes in the west. Uh, spoiler alert, they don't. <laughs> it's very hard to get lemons out there. You gotta pack them in sugar and ice. Uh, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, so he's already had some first-hand looks. And I love the actor, the way his face looks. He has this look of, like, oh, this is bad. But also confusion. Like, this this is weird. Like, why is this happening? Mm-hmm. I love that mix of surprise and confusion at, when things weren't just picturesque mm-hmm. for him. At, uh... And, and he's an intelligent. He's an. He's a, he's not stupid. He he. Uh, at one point, and you know this is an element of westerns. You see it especially, I think, in modern ones, where there's like you see like a cast of characters appear throughout the film, like just little snippets. And one of my favorites was like there's three uh, black Creole men singing a song in uh, in French, and you know they got a little drum there. Probably just like you know either itinerant workers or like traveling, you know, like musicians. And he pauses to chat with him in French, which I thought was cool. Yes, I enjoyed that as well. I was like, oh, I think that also led to his, like, oh, well, he's probably a little more worldly in education than Silas. Yeah, just but a little bit, yeah. <clears throat> life life skills are at a zero. And it kind of highlighted, <laughs> highlighted, it's like, oh, he's been raised to be a nobleman. Yes, he has. He is, uh, he, he is not used to roughing it, and... Some some painful memories of Boy Scouts came uh, came around like in certain scenes like they show him like sleeping on the ground without a pillow, and I've done that a couple of times. And let me tell you, it's not fun. E- even when you're yeah. like fourteen and un- indestructible, it still hurts. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, as a human adult who sleeps on a mattress with a pillow, I sometimes wake up with like a horrible crick in my neck. Oh yeah. I can only imagine if I were to sleep in the woods on the ground right now, I'd probably wake up dead. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Needing a chiropractor, (laughs) the jaws of life. (laughs) But yeah. But so, um, we, we need to finish the, uh, the, uh, the general store scene, which I think is a turning point for Jay. Yeah, the uh, the uh, the McKenzie Trading Company. Yes, so they walk in to get supplies. Uh, the The general store owner even asks Silas to put put your iron on the table out of your brows. Right. I like I like put, that. Put, put your iron on the table. Yep. As a matter of fact, like this isn't his first time to ask that. And like, yeah, put put your iron down. Yeah, and he doesn't have a problem with it. He's like, okay, like yep. no hesitation. Yep. There you go. It, so they get what they need, and then Jay's like, can I try on a suit? And I'm like, really? Is that a priority right now? <laughs> right. I think, yeah, in, uh, yeah. 
They got a comb hanging up in like the dressing room, oh, if you could call it oh, that. So it's just like a closet without a door, with, like a poncho over it. Right for privacy. Mm-hmm. And uh, one little funny gag: he tries a suit on, and there's a, clearly a bullet hole in there with blood <laughs> stains on it. I was like, maybe I won't buy that. Yeah, one. this one's got uh, bad luck on it. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, maybe put that one down. Yeah, put that one down. Um, no, 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 no. But while Jay's trying on a suit. Uh, a Swedish couple comes in. Mm-hmm. Clearly desperate. And, clearly. Yeah, they don't look very good. They look very, like, looking around, like, uh... Like both kind of shabby. Yeah. Uh, just not... not Shaky. Mm-hmm. They're not in good shape. Yeah, and the, the, the husband comes up and asks for blankets. So while the shopkeep's back is turned, you can see the wife is trying to shoplift some things. Mm-hmm. But the, the shopkeep sharp fella oh yeah he definitely calls her out on it and then the husband pulls a gun on him and is like give me some money yeah like give me money and he's uh it goes south very fast so um he uh yeah the uh mr we'll call him mr swede he decide he keeps shouting for money and uh the shopkeeper is just like listen you know you you steal my money this is the only place to spend it you know, within a couple of days' ride or whatever. And uh, Mr. Swede just decides to pistol whip him. And yep. and then, you know, which gives him the chance to grab the shotgun from underneath the table there, shoots Mr. Swede. Mrs. Swede pulls out, like, a, a derringer, shoots the mm-hmm. shopkeeper. And uh, Silas is just, like, telling her, like, breathe. As if, to, as if to subtly say, like, calm down. You don't have to do this. Yeah, like... And it was kind of funny. Silas is kind of sitting there like, wow, that went south, but I'm just going to hang in the corner here because I ain't got a dog in this fight. Mm-hmm. Right. He, yeah, see? He's just there to get, like, get a drink, get a meal, and move on with his life. And instead, these two Swedes just come in there and shoot the place up like a couple of knuckleheads. And again with the Swedes. This is the second Swedish family we've seen in, in, in yeah. Cowpunchers. But these That's were... probably something we should look up. Were there a lot of Swedish immigrants to the West? Um... I don't know. I don't think they made a sizable contribution of immigrants. Um, I guess we're going to find out. I'll, I don't know. I'll get on it. All right, you get on it. You get back back to us on that one. Okay. But yeah, so the Mrs. Swede has got her gun on Silas, and he's trying to get her to breathe. Um, but Jay, he took his gun with him into the dressing room, which, you know, that's just good sense. Oh, yeah. I don't go into a dressing room without my gun. Right. How else are you gonna tell if your outfit matches your gun? Mm-hmm. Really. Exactly. So, <laughs> it's gotta match so, my gun. Gotta match so my he, gun. He hears all this going on and um, he comes out and shoots Mrs. Swede mm-hmm. right in the back. Yep. Drops her like a sack of potatoes. Yeah. And then uh, Silas is like, "Well, we better get GTFO. Well, grab we whatever you need and out. let's and let's boogie." Like grab some provisions and get out. Of course, they open the door to leave, and what do they see, Stu? A pair of small Swedish children. Yeah, like what, like three and five, maybe. Yeah, certainly the uh, the older girl is no older than like maybe six. If we're being generous. Yeah. So now uh, Jay feels terrible and leaves a bunch of provisions at their feet, and off they go, In leaving the... them to their fate. Drift to drift west. Yeah, we do see those children again. They were picked up by Payne's gang, which made me wildly uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Like, those are not people that I want caring for children. No, thank you. I was like, I'm not going to think about what is happening to these children. But, uh, so, but don't worry. It's a happy ending for the Swedish children. Mm-hmm. I mean, here's the thing about Payne's gang is... Yeah, Payne is not a good fellow, but I don't feel like his gang was made up of like, you know, irretrievable, uh, like like near dwells. There's there, there's a variety of people. There's one you know classic hothead kid be like, I'm gonna be famous, and like there's an old guy named Skelly, who um, also which brings me to another thing. Uh, the when he tells a story, it kind of shows you like an old west town, but it's kind of like. It's kind of slapdash together. Yes, it was like watching an old movie. It yeah. was great. And the fantasy, and like when fantasies uh, in the film were like that, like when like uh, Jay dreams about like finally meeting up with Rose, it's kind of, 
not very this flat. Very flat. Very not well built. And that was this that was Skelly's story. Is it's just kind of like like a nineteen forties, like cheap western, just like, oh, you just have the front of the house. That's all you need. You can almost hear that like titty piano music <laughs> in the background of it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh it, it it it's great. Skelly provides all the voices for the story. Like you see like other actors portraying this story that he's telling, but they're like all speaking in his voice, which is entertaining. Yes. But Ske- I love that. And Skelly is a he's he's a genuine coot. I I want to hear him tell more stories. Unfortunately, uh, totally. spo- spoilers, he gets shot to death. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think any of the bounty hunters make it out. Yeah. But like one of the bounty hunters is clearly caring for the kids. Uh, and yeah, that lady, mm-hmm. right? There's a lady bounty hunter. And yeah. she seemed to kind of like, she was telling the kids to like, oh, go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that made me feel a little better. I was like, well, maybe maybe she's taking them in or somebody's not hurting yeah. the children. And what was great is like when the young gun says like, I'm going to be famous. There's like another another member of the gang who rolls his eyes <laughs> like, oh, God. Oh, it was great. Yeah, I did like, we didn't get too much with his gang, but. They seem to be like a diverse cast of characters on their own. Um, and not like, you're right, in a lot of Westerns when there's like, oh, this is Craig's gang. And every single one is the exact same. Right, they're character. all they're all bad men. Like, no, yeah. like, they're bounty hunters, but they're, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person. Payne is clearly a bad person. <laughs> yeah, he's not a great guy. I would not want to be alone with him anywhere for any reason yeah any amount of time but like to the bounty hunters this is just a job they don't know the background of like what happened with rose and her dad and you know frilly lord mcdandy sleeves um (laughs) that's his full name frilly lord mcdandy sleeves but he likes to go by jay for obvious reasons He's just like like I like they apparently killed somebody and now somebody wants them dead and I'm gonna get two grand for it so I'm feeling pretty great about that. Yes. And uh, God knows there's probably no shortage of bounties out there in the in the in the West. Uh, yeah. But uh, this kind of brings us to the climax of the film when yeah. basically all the bounty hunters Jay Silas everybody is converging on. Rose and her papa's house. Mm-hmm. First one to get there, though, Reverend Assassin. Oh yeah, and uh, almost oh god, <laughs> Reverend Assassin. Yeah, Reverend Killjoy. Uh, he 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 comes there and un, under the in, idea that he's he's saying he's looking for like a Mister Parker. Like, oh, there's nobody named Parker here. Would you like to come in? Rose, put the gun down. Yeah, I did think that was funny. I thought her dad was in on it at first, and like he was doing that to be threatening. Mm. Um, but then he turns around and he sees Rose pointing a rifle at him, and he's all like, oh, "Rose, put that rifle away!" And I was like, "Oh, Rose is just rightfully suspicious of random <laughs> dudes." Not rightfully suspicious, rightfully suspicious. Rightfully suspicious. <laughs> oh, go to jail. Oh, dang. But yeah, then uh, Mr. Reverend Assassin has to go wait in the wheat field uh, with his sniper rifle, mm-hmm. um, which I was like, that's a cool character, too. I want to know. I'd watch a movie about Reverend Assassin. Yeah, exactly. Why, why is, his journeys. Is, is he a real man of the cloth or is this just a cover? Right. I kind of hope he is a real man of the cloth. <laughs> like, I want to see that transformation. <laughs> Sometimes you have to thin the herd. Thin the flock. Ah, oh, damn it. Damn it. Never mind. I'm just going to shoot you. I'm just going to shoot people. For the Lord. For the, shoot uh, people for the Lord. Oh, God, no. Let's not, no. Do, let's not go there. Do not shoot people. For, do not. Don't shoot people. Like, really, you know, Cowpunchers listeners, I really hope you don't shoot people for a living. But if you do, maybe get a different. Right. Uh, Cowpunchers officially uh, does not recommend shooting people nor punching cows. We cannot make that clear enough. Yeah. I mean... We love westerns, but pretty much don't do anything that you see happen in a western. It's yeah. Good advice. Mm-hmm. Especially this one. Unless it's unless you're trying to find the man who shot your paw. Gotta find the man who shot my paw. <laughs> yeah, so we kind of get a little fake out. Um, JC's, which I thought this was a little funny too, because JC's the cabin in the distance, and he's like, "We've made it. That's where she lives." And Silas is like, "Are you sure?" And Jay's like. That's how I've always imagined it to look. 
And I'm like, that's not an answer. That's the dumbest. And like Silas just kind of like suddenly looks at me like, his kid's sweet, but he's dumb as hell. Yeah, because I'm like, it's literally just a little cabin in a big field. Right. How many of those do you think exist out in Colorado? Probably plenty. Because, yeah. you know, you can't buy, a, you can't build a big farmhouse right off the bat. You got to like start small. And right. Like, and I'm like. Especially if you're trying to live subtly and like under the radar, you're gonna want to just like a small place. Like, oh, the Rosses live out there. They just, you know, they farm their wheat. They're cool. Keep to themselves. Keep yeah. themselves. Good, honest folk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Reverend Assassin takes out poor Papa Ross, mm-hmm. who's just trying to fix a fence. And that is a beautiful, oh, a beautiful and scene. um melancholy scene. It's uh. Because he's working hard. There's like all the elements of like hard worker here. Like uh, like uh, uh, Dad, Daddy Ross. He's he takes his head off at one time to wipe his brow, and he's clearly got a suntan line straight across his forehead and the rest of his head. Yes, and I love that. Like this is a man who works hard, and he's got big beefy hands, and uh, just all like this film is just full of just like wonderful little details, of you know, yeah, not not necessary like. There's no reason to, to think of that, but oh, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. He's just trying to tack up this fence. And um, even like after the Reverend visited the house, you know, Rose is like trying to justify her suspicions. And her father's like, We're a long way from Scotland. Nobody knows we're here. Mm-hmm. We're going to be fine. Yeah. And like, he doesn't know where he doesn't know anything. And she's like, Well, she he knows my name is Rose. He knows I'm your daughter, and he knows where we live. Mm-hmm. I was like, why did you not change your name? Well, he also knows we're from Scotland. Yes. I was like, mm, the accent, they're going to know you're from Scotland. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought that was odd that they didn't even bother to change their names or, I mean, at least try to pick up an accent that's a little different, maybe. So yeah. think you're from Scotland. Right. Or at least, like, change your name. Like, I don't know, Smith. Jones, any anything, anything. Yeah, I mean, you moved so far away. Like, and, and heck, you could give your daughter a different flower name. You could call her Petunia. Violet. If you wanted to. Yeah. Flora. I don't know. <laughs> God. Yeah, it's. But I mean, I, I've seen this with other people. Is like, uh, people, some people from overseas visit the United States, and they don't realize how big the country is. We're like, oh, well, I'm just, huge. I'm gonna like shop in New York, and then I'm gonna take a bus out to Las Vegas. That's literally like six days on the road. What? Constant. Are you kidding? Right? No, it's like, it's, it, it, it'd be more than six days. I think that would take you a full week. Yeah. Or more. <laughs> and that's a hard ride. Like, no, you're kidding. It's not. It's not that far to Las Vegas. No, it is. It's very far it away. You will want to die. It's 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 either that or like a three hour flight. <laughs> take your pick. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think that was definitely Jay's problem. I don't think he knew how big this country was. No. The way he packed and planned, I'm like, he thought he's like, oh, an afternoon's ride from the train station. Mm. How far west could it possibly be? Oh, oh, son. <laughs> Very far. Mm-hmm. But, yet, um, but yeah, I mean, the reverend takes out poor Papa. Just trying to fix his fence. We are introduced to a native fellow named... Shoot, they only said his name like twice. Uh, Kitaro or something like that? Kitaro, yes. Who looks like he comes and brings rabbits in exchange for coffee or whatever, wheat. Mm-hmm, probably does um, like, like uh, probably does like work around the, the property. Like It's clearly he has a rapport with... Um, the Rosses. With, yeah, with the Rosses. Like, they, they like seeing him. At one point, she said, uh, um, "Rose says something to the effect of, um, uh, like, like you always ask for coffee, but then you always spit it out.'" <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cute. Like, oh, okay, and he seems to really like them. Like, he's very like full of smiles, eager to help, and you're like, "Oh, well, this is kind of nice. They've made a friend." Mm-hmm. Uh, and he does end up uh, when all the bounty hunters converge and start shooting on the house. He puts himself at great risk to protect Rose, which was really sweet. Um, so kind of uh, making it seem like maybe there's a little bit more of a connection there between those two. He gives her a little kiss on the cheek at one point. Um, yeah, well, in the midst of a battle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Which, let, let's talk about that kiss on the cheek. I didn't mention this. Mm-hmm. So, before Silas runs to the house to warn the Rosses, of course, he doesn't know that poor Daddy Ross has been taken out. Yeah. Um, he's, like, knocking on the doors, like, you gotta get out of here. And, uh, um, where was I going with that? They're coming to kill you. Yeah, and, oh, he ties Jay to a tree. So you think, oh, crap, Silas is really a big a-hole, and he's going <laughs> to try to collect this bounty. And uh, But no, he's like, it's for your own safety because you're going to be an idiot mm-hmm. and get yourself hurt, which is exactly what happens. It's ex- this, this entire plot has been, Jay is getting himself hurt. And it, inadvertently, he's getting his lady love hurt. Yeah. Like if he if he had just listened to his uncle in the beginning and not hung out with her, none of this would have happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, which is a crummy thing. It is but, a crummy thing. I mean, he did the right thing by yeah. He he did the right thing standing up for her, but going out to meet her, oh lord. Yeah. Uh, wrong play, Jay. So he ends up freeing himself from the tree. Somehow gets into the house, dodging bullets. As soon as he walks in through the back door, Rose turns her gun and shoots him immediately. Because in the chest. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Like this is this is clearly a mortal wound because it's like right where a lung ought to be. Yeah. And I mean she does not even stop to look at who she shot and honestly, why would she? There's like a bunch of guys shooting at her house and trying to get in the house. And she's been shooting people this whole time to protect herself. And like she shoots him and then immediately goes back to the window. Doesn't even notice that it's Jay that she shot. Yeah. And, like, then that's when uh, Kitaro comes over mm-hmm. and uh, kind of is like, hey, I'm in this with you. I'm going to help you protect this house. He's got, like, the blood of his enemies on his face. He's all, like... He's going full beast mode. He's like, let's oh, do yeah. this. He's like, I-, I got this, Rose. And he gives her a little kiss on the cheek and they share some parting words and at that point jay's looking at this of course rose the woman he loves some other guy clearly has her heart mm-hmm. and some salt from above the above him on a shelf spills out onto his wound and i was like oh god salt in the wound on both counts literally and figuratively a beautiful cinematic choice I know. I was like, is it too much? I don't know. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it too, but it's, it's kind of driven on the point like, Jay, unfortunately, you may have made this worse. Right. Like, you, she had a good life here, and then you led all of this danger to her, and you can't even save her. Like, it, it's almost the point where it's like, Rose can take care of herself. She never needed you. Yeah. Like, she just never needed you. She's got a sharp eye, and she knows how to use a gun, which, uh, it takes the film uh, 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 Silas to teach Jay how to use a gun. Because at the start of the film, like, there's a scene where he meets up with three renegade, uh, uh, like, uh, three army deserters hunting down some um, local Indians. And um, Silas kills them. And, uh, like, Jay has a gun trained on Silas. And he, Silas just goes up, takes the gun out of his hand, pulls the trigger, won't go off. I was like, this gun's filthy. You you, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you have to clean it. Like, you don't even know what you're doing. And I think he even said, it's it's a miracle you've lived this long. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's there's probably a deleted scene where he gets off the boat in New York. Because, like, how else do you get to America? What other ports are there? Like, I don't know, like, literally dozens on the East Coast. Boston. <laughs> Boston, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Baltimore. Baltimore, Norfolk. Yeah. Oh, those are ports? Yes. Do you own a globe? <laughs> Papa never let me have a globe. <laughs> the, earth, the earth is flat. <laughs> there is but Britain. <laughs> and the empire. <laughs> Salute. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So I think, in, you know, and then um, after things calm down, uh, where I think they've pretty much killed everybody except oh. for Silas. Yeah. Uh, she turns around and notices that it was Jay that she shot. Because, honestly, like, and it, it even, I think, takes her a second to recognize him. Because why on earth would he be there? Is probably what's going through her head. Like, wow, that guy looks familiar. Wow. Oh, crap. How? Oh, why? No. 
Why? And she calls him a silly boy. Which he was. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like it took that moment of him having her shoot him for him to realize, you know, she was never mine. She never needed me. I've, and I have made everything worse. I have made a colossal mistake. And by then it was way too late. Right, because you're, you're bleeding and there's a whole lot of salt in your wounds. Yeah, he, he doesn't fire a single gun in her defense here. Like, he is just... This dramatic run across the field, bursts into the house, doesn't announce himself, gets shot immediately. Yeah, and, like, what was he going to do? I mean, I thought it would have been a little more, like, if he could have drawn the fire somehow, like, made a distraction so she could escape. But, like, I think his only goal this whole time was to get to her. Like, yeah. that would be the... The little fade to black end of the movie, you know, in her arms, yeah, embrace is what he was looking for, and that, in the real world, is not. That's not how that happens, right? And even if everything had gone gone according to plan for Jay, he would have stumbled into her farm, and she would have just been like, "It's great to see you." And her next question would be like, "Why did you come all this way?" Right, like what's what now? He's expecting to be welcomed with open arms, and she'd probably be like. Jay, I, like, I, I, I'm flattered you came here, but why did you come? Yeah, she'd probably be like, who followed you? Who knows you're here? Right, you we put us in grave danger. We have to move now. Right, like we just started making a life for ourselves, mm-hmm. and you're, you've ruined it. I'm seeing yeah. somebody. <laughs> yeah, like, I kind of like this, this native guy. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. He's probably like my age, <laughs> instead of... <laughs> Like, eight years younger or whatever. Um, But yeah, it's like, Jay cannot see past what he wants for himself instead of what's best for Rose. And you know, there's something to be said there, cinematically speaking, because, like, this uh, idea he has in his head is an unrealistic fantasy. Much like when he does dream and fantasize, it's unrealistic. There's, There's a sort of, like, staged quality to it. Yes, yeah, it's very saccharine and... Mm -hmm. Like, that's not how real life is. He's clearly still has the mind of a boy. Yeah. He's not thinking like a man. He's like, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I thought the way they did it was very beautifully done. Uh, I think that was a good way to end it, actually. Because mm-hmm. I don't know what future he would have had there. Right. And... Uh... And in and in his dying, the the best thing that he does actually no, she he does uh, fire a gun in her defense is, uh, pain comes oh, in, right. he's gonna shoot Rose, so she passes a pistol to him, and he you know with his like last bit of energy shoots pain in the chest. So he does get in his dying moment. He kind of gets that part to be the hero. Yeah. He does be able to die knowing that he did something to help her. Yeah, he did. He at the very end, he did something right, as opposed to literally everything else that wasn't. Right. Every other thing he did in this movie <laughs> only made things worse, and that's when um, Silas comes in and is kind of like that damn boy. He loved you with all his heart. Yeah, and and, 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 and Silas uh, doesn't know. Silas yeah. doesn't know that like most of what like Jay has told him has been kind of like. Uh, a fantasy land. Right, right. Because he, I, I feel like Silas is probably thinking they were sweethearts mm-hmm. when really Rose did not see Jay that way at all. Yeah. Um, so, and then I, I don't, and Silas wouldn't have known that it was Rose who shot him. Yeah. <laughs> either. So, uh, just kind of is no good. Yeah. So, um, and, uh, and uh, Rose is just like, his heart was in the wrong place. Spirit was true, though. Mm-hmm. He had a strong spirit. I mean, that got him. That's not something anyone uh, could do lightly. What yeah. what Jay did. Yeah, I imagine that like Jay probably lost a cool two hundred dollars to like some some huckster out on the docks in New York City. Oh yeah, you know he's been he's been fleeced. <laughs> he probably started off with a whole sack full of cash. <laughs> he gave Silas his last like forty dollars, mm-hmm. but. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's just naive, but he's got that, like, raw determination, and you're just like, if he could have put that towards maybe clearing Rose's name, that would have been a much better use In, of his Yeah, a much better investment of time and money. 
and safety for someone he cares about. Like, cause I, I understand that. Like if you're in a situation where you care about someone a lot and they just don't care about you that way, like mm-hmm. you can still do stuff for like, yeah, know, no reason that he can't try to help her, but he should definitely try to get over her. And Jay is such a silly boy. Because he's so easy to trust, too. Like, we see this when he we bump into a, a German guy in the middle. Werner. Werner, who claims to be writing a book about, you know, the disappearing tribes of the American West, which is, like, very, you know, honorable. But, you know, given, the, the, the like, the pacing of the film up until this point, everybody in the audience is probably like, oh, yeah, he's going to rob Jay for everything he's worth. Yeah. And, and they have a touching conversation. They talk about the West and about where they want to go. Uh, Jay admits to shooting a woman. And, yeah. and Werner is surprisingly, you know, very chill about it, very nonchalant. Which, to me, that was my first red flag. Yeah. Because I'm like, if he was the kind of dude he's describing himself to be, he'd be like, oh my god, what happened? Why did you kill a woman? Instead, he's like, well, you know, I don't judge. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's gonna wake up and that guy's gonna be gone. Yeah, and lo and behold, he, he woke up and he was gone. And all that was left was an egg. Like... Like, also, One like, egg. Jay makes Raw the mistake egg. of, like, not sleeping in his clothes, which I feel like at that day and age was would probably be, like, second nature. Just, like, because he's just, like, now he's just, like, wrapped in a blanket in his long johns and boots. Yeah, and, just in his underwear. With a raw egg. You know. Yeah, and he, like, gets the egg like he's going to crack it open. Like, the guy boiled it for him, and, of course, it's raw. And I was like, what were you thinking? And then he just, like, like let it go. <laughs> Yeah, you could. Like, oh. It's not ideal, but you could eat a raw egg. Yeah, like he could eat it. Get some protein. It'd be gross, but you could keep it down. Oh man, salmonella is the least of his worries at this point. <laughs> Wandering the desert in your underwear, not a great, yeah. not a great situation. Yeah, but we uh, we end the film with a little, um, you know, voiceover from Silas saying how basically Jay saved his life in a metaphorical way, kind of giving him a reason to live other than to survive. And mm-hmm. it's kind of implied that him and Rose are now taking care of the two Swedish children in, yeah. the, uh, in, the, in the little house. Yeah, which is so... We end up with the, like that, And I feel like that would have made him... If we had not known what happened to the kids, that would have made a much worse film. Well, I, it would have been one of those things where you're like, oh, what happened to those kids? Come on. Yeah. But having that, I was like, okay, I feel a whole lot better about this movie. Yeah, because uh, it, there is a lot of melancholy to the film. It's uh, it's very much a tragedy. I liked, because right at the end as well, they did a quick shot of every person who died like from this journey. Yeah. And it, it kind of showed you, Jay... That's your body count. You're yeah. responsible for every single one of those deaths. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you didn't pull the trigger for all but like one or two of them. But yeah. 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 This is this is kind of your doing by Had not he thinking. Not run away and done this, mm-hmm. those people would be alive. Now, some of them probably shouldn't be alive. <laughs> like pain? It's probably, yeah, it's probably okay that they're dead, but. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the deserting army soldiers. <laughs> yeah, probably we could better off dead. I thought that was a very powerful move to kind of go back through and show all of those um, to be like, hey, this is how we got here. Mm-hmm. It wasn't pretty, nope. uh, but at least it ended okay for a couple people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but all in all, man, I thought this was a great movie, especially after the last movie we watched, which, which was terrible. A, which was a tire fire. Yeah, this was a great palate cleanser. So if you did decide to watch Badland... Please watch this one afterwards. You'll feel a lot better about yeah. the world. Slow West is great. It's a true drama. It earns everything it throws out. Yes. Um, it's a great Western. It's yeah. just... I really enjoyed it. I would put this way up there. So I'd give this five out of six. Oh, yeah. Almost I... five and a half. No, I'm, I'm going to stick... I'm going to stick with five, mostly because it's melancholy. And, uh, you know, like... but. I mean, it could mm. be because I'm coming off a of bad land and how bad that was. True. So, you know, it's probably four and a half, five, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it was really good. So I do recommend if you, you know, if you're listening to this, you probably like Westerns, so you should give it a watch. Absolutely. 
It's on Netflix. So if you have Netflix, go watch it. You'll mm-hmm. like it. Exactly. We're all stuck inside. It was a great one. Yeah. 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 Oh, and if you didn't notice, our audio may sound a little strange, and that's because we're doing this remotely. Right. Because uh, we, we, we cannot meet, even though you're like, what? You're like 15 minutes. 10 minutes. Ten minutes down the road. Ten but minutes we are from my front door. By the quarantine, so. Oh boy! So unlike Jay, who decided that it would be great to like go someplace he'd never been and knows nothing about, which in many other yeah. situations might seem romantic, but here it just seems foolhardy. Well, and it might have seemed romantic if they were actually in love. Yeah, that's true. But you know, he... I mean, think of it this way: Let's say, Stu, imagine you're a lady. I am a lady. I am very and, pretty. And you have a, a guy friend. Mm-hmm. You're, you're good buds. And, and, you know, a little weird, but whatever. He confesses his feelings for you, and you cannot reciprocate. Yeah. And for reasons, you have to move very far away. Mm-hmm. This guy just shows up at your house. How does that make you feel? I would be upset. <laughs> yeah, I'm like... I can't imagine a scenario in which you're not upset. Yeah, no, I'd be upset. Like, no, I'm sorry. This, mm. Like, I already told you, and now I'm running for my life. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one thing if it's like, oh, we were in love, and we weren't allowed to be together, and oh my god, you crossed oceans and so much land to see me. Right. Then it might be like, oh, wow, I'm happy to see you. Right, then it's touching. Now it's just like, dude, we were friends. Why yeah. are you doing this? Yeah. I do like one thing, because I think in some other films, like, it might have ended with, like, Rose giving him a, a, a kiss at the end, but she didn't. And I thought that was a great choice. Just to drive no, home I a bit, like... I didn't notice that. Yeah, she did not kiss him at the end. There is no feigning ro- romance there at all. Mm-mm. Um, and, uh... Part of me is like, dude, the kid's dying. Just give him a little kiss on the cheek. <laughs> no... Because <laughs> if I was Jay at that point, if 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 my bubble had just been burst and be like, let me at least, like she's not my girlfriend, but at least let me save my friend. Right, like let me do what I set out to do. Right. Which I think he was hoping he could save her. I really don't understand how. Yeah. He was planning on doing that, but. I think I think in that um, moment the bubble burst for Jay in the moment after he was shot, and uh, I think if he's just like, well. I fucked up, but you know what? I think we can fix this. Let me shoot this. Let me shoot the smelly man. I know he did like the least amount. I mean, the most that he could do in that moment, but like the the least amount of things to fix it. He did save her at the eleventh hour. Yeah, the eleventh hour at the fifty ninth minute. <laughs> yes, but good God, yeah, I do. I recommend this film. I give it. I'll do I'll do four out of six six shooters. Yeah, six. Yeah, for your six guns. You know, I'm gonna give it a solid five because it is just it is God, it's so pretty. It, it is beautifully shot. I mean, if you are a fan of beautiful movies, every landscape is gorgeous. There's a varied amount of of landscapes. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. One disappointing thing I found from it, from the perspective of this podcast, is. The saloon search is lacking in this. I was going to say it's time for a saloon search. Yeah, the uh, the closest thing we have to a saloon in the entire film is Mackenzie's trading post, where the Swedes, the vile, bloodthirsty, untrustworthy Swedes, shoot the storekeeper. <laughs> I do not approve of your prejudice against the Swedes. Them and their Furniture stores and delicious, delicious meatballs. You think they're better than us? They're wonderful. Their their cheekbones and their blonde hair. (laughs) Their staggering neutrality in recent conflicts. (laughs) (laughs) But is the McKenzie? Yeah, yeah, the McKenzie Trading Company. Um, because uh, leading up to visiting the trading post. Uh, Silas says, "Be like, we're gonna we're gonna have a we're gonna eat a real meal at a table with chairs and glassware." And he's kind of he's just kind of like he breathes. He's not like overly excited, but he like breathes a sigh of relief. Be like, it'll be nice to have a meal. I don't have to cook. And we've all had that moment. And granted, I'm having a lot of it right now, (laughs) being cooped up inside. (laughs) I know. I can't wait till I can eat at a restaurant. Yeah. Really sick of my own cooking. 
And uh, so it's it's just a little tight little general store. It's not that big. It's just like wall to wall goods. There's a there is a corner with a t- small table and a couple of chairs. And Silas sits down and he's like, "Oh, you want whiskey?" Like, and like Silas is like, "No, it's like ten o'clock in the morning." Yeah, he's like, "You got any like meat? Yeah, you have." Like, and he's like, "I got some. What did he call it? Like not expired bacon, but like." Um, oh God, what did he call it? It was like cursed bacon or something. Yeah, something like, like that. And uh, I'll be like, "I've traded for bullets." Rejected bacon. Yeah, both will kill you. Like, oh, well, that's comforting. I'll just have toast then, I guess. Yeah, they never did resolve the bacon because the shopkeep was shot before any food could be brought to them. Mm-hmm. And, uh... So but it's searched. It's... But trading post search. But it's it's a charming little place. Yeah, it's a charming little place. Like, um... If I'm on the dusty trail, yeah, I'll stop in there for a whiskey. You, you know, get, like, a filthy bacon sandwich, I guess. Uh, the the yeah. shop, shopkeeper seemed honest enough, so... I mean, the shopkeeper did seem nice. Like, yeah, I'd go in there for a snack. That that wouldn't be like my hangout. No. Thursday night trivia night hangout. In, in the old west in eighteen seventy. Trivia night. All right. What trivia do you think they'd have? Who shot President Lincoln? Oh. I think my. Who's bro- the guy that shot Liberty Valance? Who's the man who shot Liberty Valance? Oh, that's. Who was a... the sweet looking dude? Who who's shot Liberty Valance? Who's that sweet looking dude? That's right. Which, speaking of sweet-looking dudes, Amy, who brought the face? He happens to be a sweet-looking oh, dude. boy, this was a tough one. I wanted to give it to uh, Fassbender because he's a very handsome man, mm-hmm. but I need to keep my own personal I mean, tastes my vote, out of this. My vote certainly my, went to Fassbender. My vote actually went to um, Payne. Oh, really? Yeah. His expressions were so telling into his character like looking at his face you could see like the calculations he's sizing you up he's looking at you trying to figure out what your weaknesses are how he can get in your head how he can maybe kill you and take all of your possessions oh yeah uh like just it was almost uncomfortable to look at him in the eye it really was he uh he (laughs) that was good that's that's good acting right there he brought brought the face yeah I did. Fassbender has the face. Yes, he is a handsome right. man, without question. Very handsome man, but uh, pain, man. He he was bringing it. He was telling mm-hmm. volumes with that face mm-hmm. and that shaggy coat. That enormous. I want that coat. <laughs> this giant. I hope they went out and salvaged that coat. <laughs> they probably did. They looked like they found it in a dumpster. Really? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I want it. Michael so. Fassbender, if you're listening. Please make more westerns. Yeah, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. I loved him. Yeah, he did a great job. Uh, but like, I guess, I guess that's it. On that note, yeah, we look forward to having you listen to us all again in a couple of weeks. If you yeah. haven't, and uh, we hardly recommend Slow West. It's a great film. Slow West. You're gonna very like good. it. Not sure why it's called Slow West, but it was very good. And it wasn't a slow movie either. It was a solid yeah. uh, hour and a half, I think. Yeah, so it's good. So go watch it. You'll have fun. Eat some popcorn. Mm-hmm. High five whoever you're watching the movie with. Watch Mike, you're watching a great movie. Watch Michael Fassbender shoot people. It's amazing. All right. Anyway, until next time. Yeah.